It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Parkinson. And I'm Stacy Trisankos. Welcome to episode 11 of season three, where we are going through Alice von Hildebrand's book, Refined by Love, Letters to a Young Bride. Alice calls herself Lily. That's her, her personal, her nickname, to her goddaughter, Julie, who is recently married to Michael. And this is a lovely book. I highly recommend this book if you are, um, if you know someone who's newlywed, uh, if you've got a daughter or a relative or a friend who just got married, a, a female, give her this book because Alice von Hildebrand, um, in her, her great life and her great achievements as a Catholic philosopher, very personally wrote these letters as a godmother. Um, and it's published. So it's not just written to Julie, it's written to all of us. And I think it would make a lovely gift for a young bride. Stacy and I find this book very valuable as middle-aged women <laughs> who've been who've navigated the the turbulence of living out a marriage. And we both think that um, it would have been good to have this book when we were newlyweds, but we also yeah. find it even more valuable now reflecting on where we are in our marriages. And Absolutely. we hope that you also um, find some benefit in this wherever you are in your marriage. And, and I know we're talking about marriage, but I think all the advice here applies to any relationship, even with our children, with our parents, with our friends. So um, she, Alice von Hildebrand just had this wonderful way of, of her female wisdom, her, what we call that female, feminine genius <laughs> coming through and um, applying it to philosophy and theology. Um, she was a, a great among the, the philosophers and, um, and we were so fortunate to have this from her, but let's get started this podcast with a prayer in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, praying to our our blessed mother. Mm, I love it. Okay. So Stacy, what does the letter say for this episode? Okay. I love the, I love that prayer. I love it. It's so powerful. So precious. So beautiful. <laughs> um, okay. So this letter is entitled, I thought I knew how to love. Mm. And it appears that Julie is 
doubting herself, that she's doubting her ability to love Michael. Um, of course, we are only looking at the context of Lily's response to Julie's letter that we don't get to read. But it appears that through this context that she feels she's let Michael down some way. So it says, Dear Julie, your sorrow over your fault distresses me when I consider only its negative side. It's indeed painful for you to think that in difficult times, you've let your beloved down in many ways and you failed to love him as he deserves. But there's a positive side as well. Many people feel they're morally impeccable because they've never murdered someone or robbed a bank. Their spiritual and moral horizons stop right there. However, the more we love, the more sensitive we become even to our own small failings. How many opportunities do we miss to say the right word or to foresee another person's difficulty and help him when he totters? He who truly loves discovers that love is imperfect. Your disillusioned about the flaws in your love for Michael simply indicates that you've grown in self-knowledge. She is starting to know herself. <laughs> Try to consider your new self-knowledge as a reason for hope. How many illusions we have about ourselves. How easy to imagine we're heroic, selfless, generous, and humble. How painful to discover when we're not. Love teaches humility. Now, your discovery of your imperfections has left you humbler. But it's no reason for the despair you mentioned. You can't cultivate a deeper love if you fall into despair about your capacity for loving. She goes on to say, instead, of use, instead, use this humbling discovery as an occasion to acknowledge your weakness and try with God's help to learn to love better. Your painful discovery of your imperfections can similarly be used for your sanctification and for the perfection of your marriage. All of life should be a school of love. Don't <laughs> lose sight of the fact that you're yearning for goodness despite your failings with best regards and my constant affection, Lily. So I want to point out too, that this letter is about two and a half years into their marriage. So she has been writing, uh, Julie and Lily have been writing back and forth for two and a half years. I just think that's amazing. And I think it goes on to show that, you know what, you, you can't just, the people say, oh, we really struggle the first year of marriage, but it's a continuous struggle as you continually come to know yourself and you become one. It's it's not something that, you know, just happens overnight. This is a lifelong marriage. So two mm -hmm. and a half years and they're still into this. I just love it. I love that she's still there for her. Stacy, the more we love, the more we recognize where we fall short. Mm -hmm. Lily says that love is a teacher. Can love teach us to know ourselves? How does this self-reflection that she talks about and the sensitivity benefit mm -hmm. us in our relationships, especially in our marriages? Yeah, and I love that she she put it all in the context of hope. Don't despair. Um, at any phase in marriage, whether you're just getting to know each other and the honeymoon phase is wearing off, whether you're welcoming young children and you're just you're in that mother that parenthood tunnel where you can't really think about anything except keeping those babies alive, it's overwhelming. Um, or whether you're in the late, late, later years and your teenagers are growing up and starting to peel off and go out into the world and do their own thing, or whether you're in the later years, this growing 
in love and learning how to love is something that never ends. You will never wake up one day and say, I've arrived. So what is love? St. Thomas Aquinas in um, part one, two of the Summa Theologian, question 26, he talks about that. I know a lot of people have heard this, but that's where you can find it. That's where he says that love is willing the good of the other. But to be able to will the good of the other, I mean, there's a whole lot packed into that. You have to get to know the other. You can't love something or someone that you don't know. Mm -hmm. So you first have to get to know your spouse. But if you're going to love and you're going to will the good of the other, then you also have to know what you can bring to the table in this relationship of love. So that means you've got to also look in the mirror. You've got to be able to look in the mirror and be honest about your shortcomings and be honest about your your strengths. Um, but it can be painful to look in the mirror the first time or if you haven't done it in a while, the first time in a while and admit to yourself what your weaknesses are and what your faults are. And it's hard. It's so hard for everybody to do that. But if you can't do that, then you can't will the good of the other. So there's a whole lot to loving. It's not just knowing yourself. It's knowing the other and then actually figuring out what is good for the other. And look, no one does it perfect. You're not going to look in the magic mirror and see your faults and see exactly how to fix them and go out tomorrow and fix everything and see exactly what the one you love needs and go out tomorrow and get that. It's an ongoing daily contrition process of trying to figure out what you can do better. And I, I think of it as a chemist when two atoms bond with each other, the electrons orbiting their nuclei, those electrons are negative, the nuclei are positive from the protons and they're orbiting. So it's a negative and a positive attracted and that's one atom. But when two atoms bond, the electrons on one atom are sort of bound to the protons on the other atom. And so they share, they start, the electrons start orbiting around both nuclei and, and that forms a covalent sharing bond. And I, I do think about it like that with, you know, if you're, it's your spouse or <clears throat> whoever you're having a relationship with, you're kind of letting your soul orbit around the other person in the same way that electrons orbit around the nucleus. It's not exactly analogous, but no <laughs> analogy is, but you have to give yourself, you literally give part of yourself into that relationship. Mm -hmm. And and that's the love. You have to let your souls, instead of electron clouds, you have to let your souls bond. Mm -hmm. And you don't just follow laws of nature like atoms get to do. You have to deal with free will. And so I think being, I mean, how sad to go through life and never to love because mm -hmm. you wouldn't have that opportunity to learn more about yourself mm -hmm. and to learn the joy of seeing that when you will the good of the other, some good can come from it. Stacey, Lily, Lily says that it's difficult to live your love. What did she mean by that? Yes. Yes. Well, I love your, I love your mind, Stacey. I love to listen to you talk and explain things like that because I love listening to how your mind processes. Me and my electrons. <laughs> you and your electrons. Okay. So what does it mean to live your love? Well, I just think walk it out. I mean, if you listen to our first season, that is a phrase we used quite often. Perhaps that was one of the themes 
the first season of Stacey and Stacey. Yes. Lily talks a lot about themes, but how do you live your love? It could be different for each of us. I mean, mm -hmm. for me, I think it means to be present. Yeah. To take advantage of opportunities to express your love, to basically walk in love. Okay, so a couple of things come to mind. First, love bites. <laughs> okay. One of my favorite songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a song, yes. But love does hurt sometimes. I mean, why does love hurt? Because like we said in the last episode, we can't control other people. We can't control their actions and we can't control their responses. So... We can't love to be loved, but when we genuinely love our spouses and, and we're in a healthy marriage, then that love will be reciprocated. But we have to give to give and not give to get. Mm -hmm. We can't manipulate our spouses. Love, true, true love is selfless. If not, if it's not selfless, if there's an um, ulterior motive, well, that's when love becomes toxic. Philippians 2, 3 says, do nothing out of selfishness. It goes on to say, humbly regard others as more important than yourself. This tells us that love is sacrificial. And that is why love is hard. And I think Julie is finding this out. Second thing that comes to my mind is we're just not perfect. I mean, sometimes we have to cut ourselves some slack. And it sounds like Julie was really coming down hard on herself. I have, as you all know, I have two biological boys and four adopted daughters, but there were other kids in and out of our house. I mean, we had three or four other kids that stayed with us off and on. And one was very untrusting. And I remember that uh, when she and I were talking about her coming to stay with us, I felt like she thought that if she moved in, everything would be perfect. I felt like she thought that she would be happy moving to Disneyland. She'd escape from everything bad in the world. <laughs> she only saw the good times, though. Like she wasn't there when the house was shaking and there were it was blowing up. She only saw the good things. And I wanted to make sure that she, that I explained to her that we were far from perfect. And I told her, I said, I wish I could promise you that if you move in with us, you would always be happy. It would always be rainbows <laughs> and butterflies. But that's just not reality. I wish I remember saying to her, I wish I could promise you that I would never let you down. But I can't. The only thing that I can promise you is that at some point I will disappoint you. I will let you down because I am covered in this stuff called flesh and I am a very flawed human and the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And I think we all need to know that, you know, we are to live our love. But for me, that means just to try like the Dickens to love like crazy every mm -hmm. chance I get, because honestly, I might not get tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Perhaps this is one of the themes of the season give ourselves grace. We've talked about that a couple of times, but I really think that we have to, we have to give our spouses grace and we have to give ourselves grace when we don't meet those preconceived expectations, those expectations that we put on ourselves and on our spouses. And, you know, perhaps one way, just like I had with this little girl, perhaps one way to avoid this letdown is to be upfront with one another and set those expectations and have those conversations. Okay, Stacy, 
And Lily goes on to tell Julie that she will not be able to cultivate a deeper love if she falls into despair. I hate how mm -hmm. she just kept saying that word over and over, despair. Mm -hmm. She asks, isn't despair as much a wrong response as was your confidence in your ability to love with limits? Okay. I just think we're kind of back on pride. What do you think about that? Yeah. And Catholic teaching, um, two words I learned when I became Catholic, um, the difference in despair and presumption. Presumption mm. is like if we say, I know so-and-so went to heaven, that's the context the word is used in, but it, it can apply to things just like this, your confidence and your ability to love without with limits. Um, the presumption is, is you presume. You presume to know someone's in heaven when we can't know that. You presume to know things that you can't know. So that is a sin because you're overconfident. Mm. It, it can be hubris. And Despair is likewise the opposite sin. Um, if you fall into despair, it means you're intentionally giving up hope. You're not even trying anymore. So there have been times when I felt despair. I felt tempted to despair in my marriage, in my relationship with my kids. I felt tempted to despair, but I've told myself, no, you can't You can't just lay down and throw your, your back of your hand over your forehead and plead despair. You got to get back up and keep trying you can't be overconfident either. So like so many things, the church asks us to balance it, to, to walk in the middle um, and balance on that razor's edge of doing the right thing, um, hoping you don't fall to this side or to that side. If, if you lean too far mm. away, mm. it can be difficult, but, um, but learning to, I mean, we talk about love people. I, I know myself, I don't always think about what that love means, but it means like when we when we pray um, the Hail Mary, remember us now and at the hour of our death. I, I've often had this vision that that Mary will be pleading to Christ for our salvation at the moment of death if we pray and ask her to. And and what she's going to be looking at is not this or that time we fell into despair or this or that time we were too prideful but that we never gave up, that mm -hmm. we spent our whole life to our dying day thinking every day is a gift. I'm going to do better today. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to figure out my problems. I'm going to look in the mirror. I'm going to be honest about what I need to work on. And by golly, with God's grace, I am going to beg God to grant me the grace, mm -hmm. Christ in my soul. Fill mm -hmm. me with your grace uh, mm -hmm. from the Holy Spirit so that that I will just see how to take that next step on this razor's edge of life. I'm trying to walk. Mm. I was reading a book to my granddaughter last night, um, putting her to bed. We say our prayers and we're trying to not have the bottle anymore at age three. Sorry, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I know that's too old. We're also working on potty training still, but I was putting my granddaughter to bed and, and, um, one of my daughters, Lucy, gave me a book that she liked to read, and it's it's called Mama, Do You Love Me? Mm -hmm. um, of, course, of course, I adapted it, Meemaw, Do You Love Me? <laughs> <laughs> and and, and it's, uh, it's this book about the, the mother is telling the daughter. So it's just a mother and a daughter in the whole book. And um, the Meemaw answering the granddaughter saying, um, yes, I do, dear one. And she calls her dear one. And so it's it's a universal story. And in the story, the little girl says, you know, how much do you love me? And, you know, was, she loves her as big as the universe. And how mm. long will you love me? I'll love you until the puffin howls at the moon. And you got to explain what that means. But, <laughs> um, but then the little girl says, 
what if I change? Will you love mm. me? So, like, what if I do bad things? What if I break the eggs? Will you love me still? And the mother says, I would be sad, but I would love you still. And the little girl says, what if I, what, what if I change? What if I become a walrus? And the mother says, and I, I was thinking about all the uh, <laughs> transgender crap going on now. What if I become a walrus? And the mother says, I would be scared, but I would love you still. And the mm. little girl says, what if I become this big, what if I run away and, and what if I become this big, bad polar bear and I live in a cave with wolves? And what if I come back at you and I growl at you and I chase you back into your house until you're crying because you're so scared? And oh the mother goodness. just says, I would be very scared and I would be very, very sad. But I know underneath that polar bear somewhere in there is still you and I still love you. Mm. Um, and I just I love that story because it, it fits with what we're saying here, whether it's with children or your your husband. You know, sometimes wives think their husbands can be polar bears that chase them <laughs> in and scare them. Sometimes we can be polar bears. <laughs> sometimes we can be polar bears. But, but that's that's part of it. You have to remember the one you love is still in there, no yeah. matter what they're going through. And, and so you don't go all the way to pride and hubris that you got it all figured out and you don't go all the way to despair. You just keep going through whatever life shares it. You know, I love that book because it, it just tells my little granddaughter, you know, what, whatever comes, I'm going to love you still. And we're, we're going through that with our older daughters. I mean, I, I do feel like I, I've had daughters run away. I've had daughters change <laughs> and I've had daughters chase me into a cave growling at me. And, and I, and it's good to remember we we love them still yeah. in your marriage too. Um, the same thing. So I think there's no easy way to cultivate a deeper love. You just have to keep trying and keep mm -hmm. working at it. But another just cliche phrase, Stacy. some more insight into it. What does it mean to learn to love better? What does Lily mean by that? I think a lot of what you just said, getting up again, trying over and over, not giving up. And again, I'm throwing this out there. You got to give yourself grace. It sounds like when we read the, the letter, it just kept sounding to me that Julie was just beating herself up. And just obviously she has guilt over this. She, she feels like she let Michael down and she's just wallering. That was another thing we, another word we used our first season, but she seems to be wallering a lot in this guilt. And um, I remember someone telling me once that you can't slash all three tires just because one is flat. I mean, <laughs> you just got to change that tire and get going. You can't let one setback set you back. We have to get back up when we make mistakes. There's a song and actually I was just, it was playing over and over my head this morning. Um, have you ever heard of Audio Adrenaline? Stacey? Mm -mm. No, I don't know that. So it's a song and there's this one line in this song and it's, it just plays it over and over. And it says, I get down. He lifts me up, but get down. He oh. lifts me up. I get down. He lifts me up. Anyway, that song plays over and over my head quite often when I start feeling like I'm getting down and it, that's it. You know, we all get knocked off our saddles at one time or another. Either someone did something to us or we feel guilty because of what we've done. Either way, we can feel deflated. But Holy Spirit is our teacher and he convicts us. He convicts us when we mess up. And I love that. I mean, the Lord has, I mean, he straightened me out so many times. But I love that when he does, when the Lord, the giver of life, calls me out on something, he never uses condemnation to do it. He's gentle. He's kind. 
I always feel loved and I always feel inspired to do better. So Lily says to Julie here, use this humbling discovery as an occasion to acknowledge your weakness and try with God's help to learn to love better. If we're going to change or do better at anything, we need God's help. I mean, this is not, I'm not trying to talk Christianese. It's just fact. Pray and ask God to help you love better. Ask him to show you how your spouse receives love and ask him to give you those out of the box ideas that will be received as love by your spouse. If you try to love your spouse the way that you receive love, and we talked about this in a previous episode, it might not be exactly what your spouse needs and he may, may not, he or she may not be able to receive that love that you're intending. We need God in everything we do and in every area of our lives, especially our marriages, because they are under such attack. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. Mm -hmm. And the Lord comes to give us life and to give it abundance. But the enemy does want to divide and conquer. He wants to separate us. He wants to come in. He's a spoon. He likes to stir the pot. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's always accusing night and day. He's very active. We have to be on guard and protect our marriages, pray for one another and pray for our marriages. Pray that God would bind us together and bind us to the Lord. You know, you, you may not feel adequate, but remember, don't forget, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Also, I'll say it's very hard to give away something you don't have, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you are struggling to show love, maybe, and this might not be for everyone, but maybe there's someone that needs to hear this. Maybe it's hard for you to love because you don't feel loved yourself. I mean, I was there. I was there for a very long time. I didn't feel worthy of love. I didn't feel like I was capable of loving. Mm -hmm. I mean, and if that's you, well, here's the answer. Let God in. Give God your heart. Trust him. Trust that he loves you. Pray that God will show you how much he loves mm -hmm. you. And this is so important. This is how you get there. Go to confession. Sin will separate us from God and it makes us feel undeserving. And that condescension that the enemy, he, he'll make us feel so uh, guilty, unworthy, unlovable, not capable of love. Those are lies from the pit of hell. So go to confession and get cleaned up. God loves you. Just like Stacy was saying, God loves you so much, no matter what happens. And when you can let him, when you can let the Lord fill you with his love till overflowing, you'll walk around splashing it out on those around you. You can't help it, including your spouse. St. Francis de Sales explains the process of learning to love. I love this quote. He says, you learn to speak by speaking, to study by studying, to run by running, to work by working. And just so you learn to love by loving all those who think to learn in any other way to see themselves. When you get down, he will lift you back up. You just got to try again. Practice makes perfect. Okay, Stacy, wrap it up for us. Wrap it up so we can take right. it. <laughs> yep. If you're going to learn how to love better, if you thought you knew how to love and you feel like you don't sometimes, or if you think you know how to love and you've got it all figured out, you're going to get your answers on your knees. Um, go to adoration, go to adoration or go to mass. 
on your knees before the Lord of the mm -hmm. universe and say, help me to see this other person the way you see this other yes. person. God, I'll call, always call it supernatural empathy. Mm -hmm. Take a minute, but you have to sit and you have to be willing to sit in silence. You have to be willing to think about these things. I think a lot of us just rush through life worrying about groceries and dinner and laundry and, and, and discord and relationships and trying to control things. And we don't, we don't just sit there before the Lord of the whole universe and say, help me to love better. We don't get back to the most fundamental things about ourselves. Uh, Lily is telling Julie here to keep going. You'll learn to love better. Um, open yourself up, examine yourself, get to know the one you love and keep working on it. Um, and practice like all virtue makes perfect. You're never going to be perfect, but you, you should keep trying to achieve perfection in this whole life. Because if you make it to heaven, you're going to be before the beatific vision, united with the Holy Trinity, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit for all eternity, full of grace, as full as you can get forever. Mm. Um, and so you will achieve perfection, but not in this world. So keep that in mind. Marriages mm -hmm. are meant to sanctify us. They are meant to bring us closer to God. We bring our spouses closer to God and they will bring us, Christ in our marriage will bring us both closer to God. I'm Stacey Tresankos. And I'm Stacey Farquharson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>